I just began to write and I just remember just so much stuff coming up onto this piece of paper and I think like it was like two hours it must have passed and the cafe woman was like oh do you want another coffee and I remember thinking I can't afford another coffee <laughs> um, so I yeah I think I had just sat there with a coffee writing 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 but I basically just wrote everything out and I wrote out like you know how I wanted my life to look what kind of what friends I wanted, why I was here, what I wanted to get out of this experience. And it was a really, really like empowering moment. And I walked out of that cafe feeling like a new person, feeling like I had a purpose, feeling like I had a direction. Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. Now today, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode because my gorgeous, amazing husband, Kyle, Hello, everybody. is going to be interviewing me today. Now, the reason being is I posted on LinkedIn a couple of days back, basically saying, Eight years ago, I arrived in Australia with a rucksack and $100 in my bank account, and it went off. People were messaging me and saying, how have you done it, Georgie? What, what, you know, where did you begin? What, what were you going through? What were your thoughts? What were your actions? And I just thought, you know what? There's actually a lot of people out there who really don't know, I guess, my, my story and I guess where I've come from. So I thought, you know what? It's been an incredible year of some beautiful interviews with some amazing people. But I thought I'd give you a bit of an insight into who is the woman? The woman behind the microphone. Behind the microphone. So I don't know what questions Carl's got prepared. I'm not sure where this conversation is going to go today. All I know is I want to give you as much value, honesty, and hopefully some really, really amazing takeaways. So well, I'm think, excited. I'd like to think there is nobody better in the world who knows you better. Yeah. And I really do believe that I'm going to get some incredible wisdom and knowledge out of you today. I think you are too. So I guess I want to start by saying hello, everybody. And I'm super grateful that Georgie has asked me to interview her. She is the love of my life. She is the one. And Georgie and I met now just over 10 years ago. And I can truly honestly say when I met Georgie for the first time, there was something inside of me who said that said, this is the woman, this is the girl I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And I truly meant that. I said that to my best friend at the time after meeting Georgie. And we're you know, still here 10 years on. And I truly do believe that I will spend the rest of my life with you. I think you are an incredible soul, an incredible human being and just 
have so much to offer and I, I bless myself and I'm just so grateful every day that I get to spend my life with you. Oh, thank you very much. And ditto. Yeah. So Kyle and I have known each other for 10 years now. So he, he knows me ins and out, uh, faults and all, but it's been an amazing journey that we've both been on. And Likewise, I wouldn't want anyone else by my side. And you've you've definitely seen me at my lowest, my, me at my highest, and we've been there for each other throughout. So, yeah, I guess let let's kick it off. Well, you obviously <laughs> said at the start that you had a post that you that you that kind of you know did kick off, and you had a lot of people reach out to you that said you came to Australia with nothing but a rucksack and a hundred dollars in your bank account. Mm-hmm. So. Let's let's talk to let's just actually go back a couple of steps because we met just before you came out to Australia. So talk about how we met Mm. first and foremost, and then why you came to Australia Mm. and why I didn't come to Australia at that time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. over to you. Well, I just, I'll I'll start by saying this. I have always been somebody who has really enjoyed new experiences. I'll be honest, I really didn't like school. I found school... It just all the rules and the restrictions. You had to be at, you know, at a lesson at a certain time. You this was what you were going to be learning, and I, I just always kind of fought back, and I was like, what am I actually learning? Why? I just school just didn't really, it didn't do it for me. So as soon as I could get out of school at sixteen, I, I left school, and my parents beautifully said to me, right, Georgie, that's fine if you want to leave school, but you do need to go and do something. You need to go and maybe get a trade. And I knew one thing, I knew I wanted to travel, I knew I wanted to see the world. So I went and did a, uh, a beauty qualification. So I spent two years in college, I learned all about skin, uh, massage, aromatherapy, um, all, all of the sort of the, the skin and body practices. And as soon as that finished, I then got a, got a job for a couple of years, but I soon realized that, you know, I haven't gone and studied for two years to live around the, you know, around the corner from where I grew up. So I, at 19, I booked flights to go and live in Greece. And I went to live in Greece for a year. Incredible experience, 19, as you can imagine, living my best life in Greece. Uh, but that, what that made me do is it was the first step really outside of my comfort zone. I met so many different people from so many different walks of life all over the UK, all over uh, the world, in fact. And it was absolutely incredible. And it really opened my eyes to, wow, there is this big wide world out there with tons of opportunities. And I wanted to make the most of all of them. So I got a bit of the travel bug, went back to the UK for a month and then flew off to France where I spent the next two years uh, in a ski resort in the Southern Alps, which again, <laughs> I'm smiling because so many amazing memories are coming back to me now. The but story it was... of the shower, just, I always think about oh, when, you, yeah. when you're talking, you're like, showering and outside the window is just the Alps, the Alps in the background. Just... I mean, that, that to me just, that sounds absolutely stunning. Yeah, it was. It really, really was. So I spent two years in France and then I thought, well, do you know what? Um, I think I was now 22 and I thought right I, I want to go and start my career and and you know maybe sort of get a get a job so so just just jumping in there so why mm. did you yeah why did you decide to leave you said you wanted a career and job why wasn't that in France and Greece it was beautiful but it was it would never have been enough for me I've always been very ambitious mm-hmm. and always known that I wanted to achieve things. And I felt like I wasn't really achieving things maybe in France anymore. I was having these incredible experiences, but I just sort of thought like, okay, I've taken it as far as I want to take this now. I've got everything I want to get out of this. I've been living abroad for three years and it's just, just felt time 
to, you know, I'm very, I'm very, I trust my intuition. I've, I always have had a very good relationship with my inner voice. And it's something just said to me, Georgie, it's time to go back to the UK. So I went back to the UK and I am originally from Bath, and then I lived in Oxford for, um, for a number of years before I left for Greece. So I went back um, to the UK, moved back um, with my parents for all of about a week. And, uh, and then I decided, well, I don't really want to stay in Oxford because I kind of felt like I'd outgrown it. So I went to live in Cardiff, which is obviously there, then where we met. Where we met. Um, so we met at the gym. Um, I've always been somebody who loves to work out, exercise, move my body. It's a very, very important daily practice for me. And it's kind of like my, my meditation in a way. So Kyle was teaching a body pump class and I just instantly thought he was one of the most attractive, gorgeous people I've ever seen. And, uh, and then we got chatting and like Kyle said, we went on one day and the rest is history. But I'm, I'm blushing here as well, thank <laughs> you. Here is the, the crutch because I lived in Cardiff for a year before I met Kyle. And I realized when I was in Cardiff that, okay, this, this, there's more to life because I've seen it. And I thought, okay, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to live here. No offense to anyone who lives in Cardiff. I think it's a beautiful city, but I just, it didn't, didn't light me up. It wasn't for me. So I booked my flights to come to Australia. I got a one-way ticket, a year's working visa, and I knew I was leaving for Australia. And then literally a week after I booked that flight, I met Kyle. And I didn't know if it was going to be anything serious to start with, but I thought, well, you know, we'll go on a few dates. And obviously it did get serious pretty quick. And it was my dad that actually said to me, he said, Georgina, whatever you do, please, please make sure that you get on that flight and you go. Do not live your life with regret. And it was such a powerful moment. And I thought, no, he's so right. I, I, however much I love Kyle and I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him, I thought, I've got to put me first. Because if I didn't get on that plane, I would have always resented him. And our relationship would never have worked if I hadn't have followed my, my own path and just gone for it. So it was one of the most hardest decisions I've ever had to make because part I was leaving all my friends all my family and now the love of my life to fly to the other side of the world where I knew nobody mm. to 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 start all over again and I was having this real real battle with myself and but something just was keep kept on pulling me I just had this vision of how I wanted my life to look and I wanted to live you know, close to the beach. I wanted to have warm weather all year round. And Australia has just always been a country that really appealed to me. So I thought I've got to go. But no, it was I'll just jump so in here and tough. say that I, <laughs> I obviously, I would have gone with Georgie straight away, mm. but I had work mm. back in the UK. So I trained as an actor and I was traveling around with a theatre company or had, had a gig. So I was locked into... Um, contract. A, a contract essentially for the next I think it was four months touring around the UK so I had I was I, I knew I was staying in the UK but and obviously I wanted you know of course I wanted Georgie to stay but I didn't I never I never I never said no. that verbally said that of course similar to you like I wanted you to stay of course I did but I never stopped you from living your dream because I think you said something quite powerful there about around resentment mm. and had I had I forced you to stay and then you did stay, there would have been something that was always pulling you, mm. wanting wanting something different or something more or something you're still searching for maybe something. So mm. jumping in for advice for people quickly, what would you say to somebody who maybe has got this regret 
or maybe made a decision in their life where they didn't want to make it because they were forced to make it because of other circumstances and they're still living with this peace in their mind that they want to go to Australia or they want to start a business or they want to phone somebody that they haven't phoned in a long time for whatever reason like what 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 would you say to that person right now well the first thing I say it's never too late Mm. I feel like people say oh I'm too old like I was even having a conversation with my dad the other day. He's he's just turned 60. Mm. Oh, if I had my time again. I'm like, dad, you're 60. You've got another 40 years in you. You yeah. know, like I said, book the flight. Come out. Like we, we create all these stories and these reasons of why we can't do something. And I think that's just the top layer, right? If you strip that back and you strip that back and you strip that back, it, it it's often comes from this deep-rooted belief that perhaps we're not enough. Perhaps we don't deserve to live a life of our dreams. And we've got all of these excuses of why we can't do something. But ultimately, I think it comes down to we're scared. We're fearful. Mm. And I've always said to myself, I know that change is hard, but I know that regret is far worse. And I've always said, I... My ultimate fear in life is to get to the end and live with and think, why didn't I just go for it? Why didn't I just start that business? Why didn't I just pack my bags and, you know, go? And look, I appreciate anyone listening to this right now who's going, well, that's all right for you, Georgie. You know, you were 23, you had no responsibilities, you know, but as you've just heard, I flew away from Kaya. I flew away from my family. I didn't have any money. Like there was lots of reasons why I probably should have stayed in the UK, but I just thought, you know what, I, I've just got to go. I've just got to do it. And I've and I just I in, instead of focusing on the fear, I, I just focused on faith. I just said to myself, well, it's meant to be. It will be. Mm-hmm. I trusted myself. I trusted that, you know, the the universe, whatever you want to call it, maybe has my back. And something just kept on telling me you have to do this. You have to do this. And I think if people allow themselves just to pause And that's why meditation is so powerful and truly listen to the intuition, our bodies, our minds, everything. They're always speaking to us, always like, and I'll get into this in in a moment, but I suffered terribly with anxiety for five years, Mm. panic attacks, the lot. And my body was screaming out to me that I needed to change, that something needed to shift. And I kept on ignoring it. I kept on suppressing it. Well, if you keep on ignoring your soul print, you know, this thing deep inside of you that you are destined to be doing, trust me, you are going to be getting these signs and they're going to start small and they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you don't learn to listen to that, my goodness, you'll wake up one day and you, something will happen. Mm. You know, you'll, you'll have a disease, you'll have a chronic illness. Just something will happen to be like, wake up, you know? And I think that that you can either... You can either learn and grow daily and go through these little experiences or something will just happen just to wake you up. And I think this year, what 2020 has done for a lot of people is it's done exactly that. Mm. It's been the wake up call a lot of people needed. People have lost their jobs, they've lost their family. You know, it's been a really tough year for a lot of people. Mm. And I, th- I think just that. So I think going back to your question, like have, have faith over fear. And, and put an action plan in place. Okay, well, if you know you've got this deep desire to start this business, okay, well, we've got 24 hours in a day. Maybe you work for eight hours. What are you doing the rest of your time? You know, we sleep for eight. You maybe have a commute. It still leaves you with four up to six hours a day to do something. You know, even one hour. If you dedicate one hour a day to starting something, that's going to compound. And eventually you will start that business. But people just are scared to take the first step and they use excuses 
of why they can't do something. And ultimately, I think it's because they're scared. I know a lot of people that um, you've spoken to have mentioned children Mm. in this and that they have children and that they're committed to them. Obviously, we don't have any any child yet, so we can't Mm. really speak to that. But... Mm. But, but I do want you to, like, what would you say to somebody who is a parent who is maybe putting their children first, which, you know, is absolutely like they're, you know, they are the love of, of your life. There is no, no such thing. But a lot of people do say to you, I've got children and now I'm living with regret. Even your dad, to an extent, you know, mm-hmm. he started a family, yet he always wanted to come to Australia and didn't. So what advice, you know, or it's, it's more of an opinion, but what would you give, give yeah. or say to somebody like that? I don't want to give advice because I'm not a parent, right? So I can't speak to that. But one thing I do know for sure, right? I think we get so molded in our childhood. Now, I want to, when I'm a mum, if that happens, we'll have to see what what the universe, you know, what, what our destiny is. But I want my child to grow up watching me live my dream. I want to inspire my child. I want to, you know, be this fit, healthy person. I, the, I want my child to grow up and look at me and go, I want to be like my mum. You know, I, I, I want, to, she looks after herself. When she's with me, she's with me 100%. You know, I, I do believe the biggest gift you can give someone is, is your full attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I see parents go out, you know, families go out for dinner and they're all on their phone. Mm-hmm. That to me is not, you know, conscious parenting. Like, if if you are if like your your child like you know it's it's quality over quantity and i think if you can spend an hour a day with your child you know maybe you work 8 hours maybe you work on your business maybe you go to the gym or maybe you do whatever but you've you've i would rather spend an hour of quality time than 3 4 hours of just being on my phone feeling stressed not really being present so i think we need to step away from this, oh, more time is good. No, I think the more quality time. I'll give you another example. I don't get to see my mum and dad very often, nor do you. We don't see our parents. We see them, what, every couple of years? But when I am with them, oh my goodness, I am with them. We have wonderful experiences together. You know, my mum came out last year. We went to Byron Bay. We did tons of stuff on the Gold Coast. We ate in the best restaurants. We, you know, we just had this beautiful experience together for two weeks. And those memories are so ingrained in my brain because I was so super present for every single one of them. Mm. Now, imagine if I thought that a relationship was all about how much time you spent with somebody, you know, like, but I, but I couldn't really remember like what I did with my mum day to day. So for me, it's more about the quality over the quantity. And that comes back to being a parent will make time for you because then when you do show up for your husband, you know, your wife, your kids, your friends, you're going to be more present. You're going to be happier because you've, you've done something that lights you up. And I don't know about you, but I think a child would much rather have a happier parent than a miserable one a one that's living their life with regret or living their life through their kids. And at the end of the day, your kids are going to grow up. You know, I don't, you know, we borrow our children. We, we don't like, we don't have a kid to just, oh, I really hope my kid lives down the road to me and comes down to sun, comes over for Sunday lunch. I want to raise a conscious being that's going to go off and live their life and do good in the world. If I'm ever going to have a kid, that's my why behind having a child. I want to, I want to raise a conscious being who's going to go into the world and make a difference. That's what I would have a child. And I think that 
and I'm going to be a little bit careful what I say here, but I think, you know, there's a lot of people who maybe have children because they don't feel there's, there's, there's something missing in them. They go, oh, I want a baby. Oh, why do you want a baby? Well, you know, I just really love the idea of having a family. But what happens if your children grow up and move away? You know, so I think you've got to learn to love you. You've got to fill yourself up first because things happen. Change happens. Children move away. Stuff happens, you know. But if you are always centered and happy in yourself, then you're untouchable, you know. So I think for all the parents out there that, you know, say, oh, I can't do that because I've got my children, I've got responsibilities. Well, just start by just doing something for yourself every single day and just see how you feel after that. See how better you you show up for your children. But we can all find, you know, an extra 30 minutes in our day, I'm sure, to do something for us. Because then when we do go and be there for others, we're going to be in a far better state. Mm. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing. Well, let's, um, let's, do- let's run back because, and, you know, to where we were in the story, there was floods of tears at the airport. There was. When we left each other. Um, I was crying, you were <laughs> crying, and I don't often see you cry. You know, it takes a lot you know, for you to cry as well, which is, you know, I know you're a very strong, but also you just, you, you don't hide your emotions, but you, when, you know, when you cry, I know, wow, this is, this is, this is powerful. Yeah. And just to jump in there, actually, that's something I've worked on mm. because I grew up in a family that, um, didn't really, my dad, for example, he, he didn't really show emotion and it was almost seen as a weakness to cry. So I grew up thinking that if I cry, I'm weak. Whereas my dad was the opposite. <laughs> Whereas you just cry more than me. Um, but the now I know, well, all feelings want to be felt. Mm. And if I feel sadness, if I feel whatever it is in my body, it wants to come out. And if you suppress that, it's going to build up. So, so if I want to cry, I cry. If mm. I get angry, I go and punch a pillow. I let out my emotions and I'm not afraid to do that. I, I, I feel them <laughs> and I let them out because if you don't, they're going to suppress, they're going to build up and they're going to manifest in all sorts of problems. Mm. So yeah, I'm definitely working on that oh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah definitely are. So, but you came to Australia with a rucksack, hundred dollars, you knew nobody. <laughs> now I remember the first call I got because obviously you want, I, I was like I've got to know that you've arrived safely you didn't have a mobile phone but you arrived at the youth hostel and I know which youth hostel it is in Melbourne and you went up to your dorm and you had your laptop you connected to the internet and you called me I I remember exactly where I was I was sat in my 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 mother's lounge at the time and I spoke to you for about 20 minutes and do you want to tell that story from there (laughs) of like what was going on in your head at that specific moment in time you you were there Mm. And it was the start. Yeah, I think it really hit me that I was the other side of the world from everybody. And I remember I was staying in a hostel and I didn't have a lot of money. (laughs) And I was just talking to you and I was thinking, oh, have I made a mistake? What am I doing here? Oh, my God. Because you were actually looking at flights to come home. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was. It'd been about 24 hours and I I was really I was struggling. And I was I just I, I just remember like never feeling so alone in all of my life. And I just thought, what am I doing here? Like, why have I done this? You know, I had a lovely relationship, you know, beautiful family. What am I doing? What am I doing? And I'm after that phone call, I remember going to the the bathrooms in the hostel, which I'll just say weren't the nicest of bathrooms. Why not to your cleanliness? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Um, And I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said to myself, Georgie, you've got this. Mm. 
and I got my um, my laptop, uh, a notepad and pen, and I went up. I went outside the hostel, and I remember finding this like really amazing alleyway in Melbourne. Uh, you know, it's just Melbourne's got some beautiful cafes, and uh, <laughs> typical Melbourne. I'd I'd come out and it was so sunny, and then it started to rain. So I was like, yeah, four seasons in one day is true. And then I I basically just ran into a cafe and I thought, right, I've got a hundred bucks. I'm gonna treat myself to a coffee and I think I had a bit of a banana bread or something. And I just sat there and I I just remember sitting there literally, this, this is no joke, it went from sun, rain, hail, back to sun again. I thought, where on earth am I? Anyway, I just began to write and I just remember just so much stuff coming up onto this piece of paper. And I think like it was like two hours that must have passed and the cafe woman was like, oh, do you want another coffee? And I remember thinking, I can't afford another coffee. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I think I had just sat there with a coffee writing 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 but I basically just wrote everything out and I wrote out like you know how I wanted my life to look what kind of what friends I wanted why I was here what I wanted to get out of this experience and it was a really really like empowering moment and I walked out of that cafe feeling like a new person feeling like I had a purpose feeling like I had a direction and I then went and applied for I think about 50 or so jobs mm -hmm. um, to do to become um, a spa manager and I got a number of calls back. Hey, Georgie, yep, yeah, love to interview you. And within, I think, 24 hours from having, from writing and applying for those jobs, I got, I got my first job. So brilliant. I was starting to earn some money. I negotiated that I could be paid weekly. So I would quickly got some money and so I could get out of that hostel. Thankfully, I'd paid up front for a week. So didn't need to worry about that. And I moved into an apartment in the center of Melbourne with three other girls. And uh, that was the start of my journey in Australia. And then three months after me being here, you you turned up and the rest they say is history so between us for sure yeah i'm just going to jump back because you said you got a job within 24 hours yeah and you had applied for 50 you know 50 odd jobs that's something that i do admire about you so much is that you have this tenacity and this willingness to just keep going mm. and you just almost don't hint like when you i've always said it's about you you just know what you want and, I, and I've said this about Georgie ever since the beginning. She knows what she wants and, and she goes and gets it. And I just think there's something so powerful in that. So where does that, where does that drive come from and how do people get it? You wanted that job or you wanted a job within 24 hours of landing in Melbourne. After getting super clear on what you wanted, you got, you, you got it. How, how did, how did, where, did that, where does that come from and how do people get it? Oh, that's such a good question. There's just so many parts of that. Um, the, the first thing that I would say is the, the one thing I've always had, and I don't really know where this came from, but I've always just had self, self-awareness and self-belief. And I, 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 in fact, you know, what I'm going to say, I was very, very fortunate to have two amazing parents who really did always support me. And I, and I, and I, and I, and no one is, there's no such thing as self-made, right? So I can't sit here and be like, oh, I've done this and I've done that. Well, you know, the reason why I'm the person I am today is because of my parents, because of you, because of the people that took, you know, the, the lady that hired me in Melbourne for my first job. You know, there's so many people who have helped me on this journey. But I, but I think the one thing I will always say is if you honor and love yourself, nothing else around you can really touch you. You can't, you, if you hear no, you just go, you just brush it off. 
it doesn't like, you know, there's so many people who start things and don't finish things because as soon as something goes wrong, they just, if they like, it like chips away at them and then slowly and slowly and slowly they lose their confidence, they lose their confidence. So I think having high levels of self-belief is really, really crucial for forgetting what you want. Because if I wrote down something like, I want to start a business, I wrote that down with such certainty that I could do that, that I knew it was done, you know, and that was because I did believe in myself. And where does that belief come from? Well, I think it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Of course, yeah, I had wonderful parents, um, but I was bullied a lot in school. And I think that's probably why my parents had to be so supportive because that could have, I could have gone down a very different road. Like I was, yeah, quite badly picked on in school. I wasn't the popular kid. Um, I definitely wasn't an A-star student, but every time I came home, my parents made this safe space to me for me to talk out. And, you know, they always used to say, well, you know, Georgina, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words, words will never hurt you. And I remember that. And I just thought they can't hurt me. You know, they can't, their words can't hurt me. And that's all they were saying was just words. And I thought you like, I'm just going to brush it off. And I just kept on brushing it off. And I just kept on reinforcing to myself that, you know, they can't hurt me. They can't hurt me. And over the years of just keep on putting myself out of my comfort zone, you know, um, leaving school at 16, you know, having to meet new friends in college, then leaving um, my home at 19 to go and live in Greece and France and again, meeting new people, moving to Australia. Over the years, putting out my comfort zone, having new experiences, my confidence and my self-belief has grown. So I think that step one, like you have to learn to really find that self-belief, love yourself, honor yourself, look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're enough every single day. Start journaling things out, start tapping into your intuition, start you're honoring yourself, start working out and honoring your body, start there. Everything starts with self. Then the next thing is, is just, is just putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Is it, is it's having as many experiences as possible because the more times you put yourself out, you know, put yourself out there, the better you're going to get at something. And then just that confidence will come over and over time. So I think, you know, start small, start by setting a small goal and, and just, and just work on it from there. But I think the, the tenacity and the drive is that I just believe that I am worthy and I deserve to live the life that I want to live. Mm. Like I deserve it. I deserve to build a business and, and have prosperity. I deserve to have beautiful friends around me. I deserve to live in a beautiful house. I deserve to feel good about myself every day. I deserve to have a healthy body. I think this is the problem. Like when we set new habits and routine, we self-sabotage. And it's because we haven't changed our identity. You know, how many times in the new year do we set new goals? I want to get the fittest and healthiest I've ever been, right? And you join a gym and you feel really motivated to begin with. And then come March, you've not been to the gym in three weeks. Why is that? Because you haven't started with yourself. You haven't changed your identity. And I think that is so, so crucial in any piece of transformation or any, any, any new business venture, any new career shift, anything in life all starts with you. You have to take 100% responsibility for everything in your life. And as soon as you do that, I think that's really, really empowering because you can go, okay, well, I've got myself in this situation now. I can get myself out of it. And I've always just taken full responsibility you know, when I was in Melbourne all alone, I was like, well, here you are, Georgie. You've got yourself here. What are you going to do now? It's just you. You've got to do this. You've got to figure this out. And I did. And it's just because, I, yeah, I took full responsibility. I believed in myself. I believed I was worthy. I worked on my mind and my body every single day. I always have. And I just kept on 
taking action every single day. So I think it all does start with with self. Mm. No, it's beautiful. No, thanks for yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's yeah, that's that's mm. that's fantastic. So obviously, I know your story as well. You you knew what you want. You know what you wanted. You wrote down as well that you wanted to stay in Australia because by that point, I'd been I'd been in Melbourne with you for just under a year, and being from the UK, we had to get a visa. We had mm-hmm. to get sponsorship, mm-hmm. and you you always said you always took the lead on that. You were like, you know, I wanted to come in the first place, and you knew it was just down to you. You knew you, knew you didn't, even though you trusted me and you loved me. You knew it was down to yourself. If you wanted to make something happen, mm. you had to take full responsibility, like you just mm-hmm. said, for it. So you ended up leaving um, beauty mm-hmm. to move into recruitment mm-hmm. because that, you know, primary reason it offered sponsorship and mm-hmm. allowed us to stay in Australia. But talk to us about, because obviously your journey has been, it's been fantastic and you've had an amazing amazing path to where you are today mm. but it hasn't been without some ups and downs yeah and let's talk about your time in recruitment and some of your stories and what you've learned um learned from that yeah so I remember the <laughs> the first few few weeks in recruitment and I went in probably a little bit naive um and didn't realize actually the the pressure of that environment and I wasn't used to working in an office I wasn't used to I had been in sales but not to that pressure and I remember feeling massively outside of my comfort zone you know I was learning a whole different industry and I was working in IT so I had no idea about technology no idea about how to recruit I just thought you know people just walk into the office I need a job and you go oh there you go go to this job I didn't realize you had to go and hunt for the jobs there's so much to recruitment and I've got so much respect for every single recruiter out there but I guess that's probably where my anxiety really started from so when I was 24 uh, I remember that I had my my first panic attack and I'd been with my current employer for, I think, about six months, and I wasn't doing that well. And and do you know why that was when I reflect on that? It's because I was doubting myself massively. I was around other people who were doing really well, and I was comparing myself. And I was going, I'm never going to be as good as that person, or, God, she's just done two deals, and I've done none. And And I was comparing myself. I was putting all this pressure on myself. And I wasn't prioritizing my health. So I wasn't, I, I sort of, my my health lapsed a bit. I wasn't f- focusing on my nutrition. I wasn't focusing on my fitness. And I really fell into quite a bad pattern and, and, and habits. And yes, yeah, six months into that job, I had my first panic attack. And I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was having a heart attack, literally. I remember Googling, worst thing you can do. Don't Why? ask Dr. Google. <laughs> yeah, don't ask Dr. Google ever. That's probably, that's the biggest take of this podcast. Never <laughs> ask Dr. Google. But I remember Googling um, sweaty palms, racing heart, and of course Google told me I was dying. So I remember getting up from my desk trying to act cool when I was literally in this sheer panic, walking to the toilet and literally gripping onto the sink and bending over and I just couldn't breathe. And I had no idea what was going on. And I went down to the pharmacy because I was working in this big building and I said to the pharmacist, I'm feeling these symptoms. She said, oh, you've, you're having a panic attack. I was like, what, what is a panic attack? 
And anyway, it, it basically went on for about an, f- a good few years. This this constant pattern, this loop, this fear loop, this anxiety, this worry loop over and over again. Anytime I felt like I wasn't doing well or anytime that something would, would fall through or a deal wouldn't go through, I would be straight into that feeling again. Oh no, not this again, not this again, not this again. You know, having, yeah, just numerous panic attacks and I just couldn't get hold of it. And it was like, I was anxious about the anxiety and I was just constant. I was in that pattern where I just, and I felt like there was there's like some days I woke up and I remember the alarm would go off and I would just feel this deep sense of dread come over my body and I would snooze the alarm and I would just pull the duvet over and I would just go, oh God, I just I can't do this anymore. This is just so stressful. And then should I get out of bed, rush to work, get on the train and everything was a rush. Everything was just this, this, chaos, this, this chaos to it. There's definitely no sense of calm in my life at that point. And it was just a really, really tough few years. But then I started to do well, right? So in the, in this three years when I was also going through my anxiety, I almost used it to fuel me. Like I was just like, right. As I, I left my, my, the company I started with, went to join another company, and I was still having all of these panic attacks and anxiety, but I started to really do well. Because I almost then had this attitude of, right, Georgina, come on, like you've got this. And I walked into my, the, the second recruitment company I worked for and I said, right, I'm going to be the top biller. That's what I said to myself when I walked in day one. I was like, I'm going to be the top biller of this company. And what does, what does that mean? You basically have to bill a million dollars a year, right? So I said, I'm going to bill a million dollars a year. And I sat down, I wrote it out and I figured out how many deals I need to make, how many calls I need to make, how many CVs I needed to send, how many jobs I needed. And I just basically worked backwards. But I was so fueled on adrenaline, anxiety, and I would do whatever it took to get that. And in the process of achieving that goal, which I did, super, super proud that I got there. I became more and more and more, if I'm honest, miserable and unfulfilled. And it just, because it was just, I made it all about like the money and the things and, and just, I just never stopped to pause to check in and, and be like, okay, is this what I want? You know, am I happy? And then my relationship started to suffer because I wasn't making time for me because I would get up, go straight to work, work until six o'clock, try and get to the gym if I wasn't too tired and then come back, sit in front of the TV, put something in the microwave for a meal and, and start all over again. That was my life five days a week. And yeah, okay, I was achieving, but I wasn't happy. And I think that reflecting on that experience now, I'm so grateful for it. I'm actually so grateful that I went through that for a number of years. And because it's made me who I am. And I remember the day where I decided that things had to change because it was a deal. I was commuting into work on the train and I had another panic attack and I got off the train and I thought to myself, Georgina, you've got, you've got to change. And this was about five years ago now. And I remember walking, so I went out for lunch um, and I remember going to the bookshop in Melbourne and I walked over to the self, the self-help section, which I used to think was for people who were going through breakdowns and, you know, were people who needed some help. But I thought, you know what? That's me. I, I clearly I'm going through something and I need to figure this out. And this book, and I 
believe this was fate. This was universe sending me a sign. There was this book of all the books that just shone to me. And it was Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. And I don't know, I just couldn't take my eyes off it. And I thought, oh, I'll just pick it up, read it. And it was like he was speaking to me at the, at the back of his book. Anyway, bought the book. I think I read the whole book within a week. And it's like a Bible, right, this book. And it just fundamentally changed my life. And it really made me think, it made me go back to, God, who was Georgie when she was that 22-year-old free spirit living in Greece? What are my values? What, what, what do I want in life? Am I happy? And, 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 and in the book, the, the whole thing is like, it really gets to like know who you are, what your values are, what your rules are. And I realized I was so far living like miles and miles away from my core values, which was honesty, because I was telling quite a few lies in recruitment and doing what I need to do to get ahead. Freedom. Freedom's a really big value for me. It always has been. And I, rem- I remember you used to use the words trapped. Yeah, I definitely lot. felt trapped with by the money because mm. I was earning such good money. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I can't leave this job. It's paying us all this money. And it's finding this lifestyle, which wasn't really a lifestyle because I wasn't happy. So it was, yeah, freedom, honesty, health. My health was completely, you know, I was anxious Annie all the time. Um, and And love. And I wasn't getting feeling much love because to be quite honest with you, I, I wasn't looking after myself. I wasn't loving myself. And because I wasn't loving myself, I wasn't getting much love back. So I realized there and then that I, the reason I was feeling so anxious was that I was just getting this huge message every single day from my body saying, you're not living in alignment. Mm -hmm. You're not living the life that you're supposed to be living. This isn't you. You're not this person. And I just lost myself for a few years so after I read that book, I decided that I needed to really make some big shifts in my life. And I remember starting to research around, you know, self-care practices and meditation was something that kept on coming up. And I downloaded the Headspace app and I remember the first time I sat down to meditate and I'll be honest, I hated it. <laughs> I've got a very busy mind and uh, my thoughts were going wild. But I thought, no, this this must work, you know, all the best minds in the world meditate. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to, I really want to, you know, like me being me, control freak. I really want to get this. I want to be the best Yeah, this. A, a type personality. I want to be the best meditator. And that's obviously the wrong approach to meditation. But the more I did it, wow. It was, it, it, I just felt like almost, and this is true. If you've read any of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, you can literally change your brain like through neuroplasticity, you rewire and reprogram your mind. So all those old, old thoughts, these, these negative thoughts, these, these things that had been going round and round and round in my mind for all this time were just circulating and I finally saw them for what they were, just thoughts, just fear, usually about the worst case scenario, usually about you know, something in the future happening and crazy stuff. And the more I, more I meditated, the more I started to really tap into my intuition again and get clear, okay, what does Georgie want? What is Georgie's path? What is, who is Georgie? And I started to journal and then I started to get back into like more of a gym routine again, but not a gym routine out trying to punish myself and let out all this anger from the day. A, a routine that honored my body, a routine that really took care and just was healthy then I started looking into my nutrition. I thought, okay, well, what do I need to eat to give myself energy? Because I was finding at three o'clock I was needing a third coffee of the day. I thought, no, that's that's I don't want to keep on relying on caffeine. So I changed up my diet. And 
I basically just created myself a completely different routine and habit. Started to get up earlier to allow myself more time to meditate, to work out. Um, and then I started to listen to some really good podcasts on the way to work. So feeding my mind with goodness instead of checking social media from start from the start of the day or looking at the news. And all of these things I just started to do over time were just basically just completely reprogramming my mind. And I was becoming a completely different person. And then I kind of had the realization that this job I was in wasn't fulfilling me anymore. And I was super grateful for it because it definitely set us up financially. And I'll always look back and be very grateful for the opportunity. But I thought, no, I've, I've got to, I've got to now move on from this. Anyway, so um, taking it back a step, I came to, you and I came to the Gold Coast on holiday um, when we first arrived in Australia and I fell in love with the Gold Coast. Mm. And I said to Kyle, I was like, I keep getting these visions from my meditations of us living on the Gold Coast, walking on the beach every day. And um, I, I said to him, I remember when I first came to the Gold Coast and I said to myself, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to live here one day. And I kept on thinking that. I said, let's go on holiday. Well, that was obviously, I, think you, I remember you saying that in, in the moment when, mm. we were, when we were up in the Gold Coast for the first time. I remember you saying that. And I don't think you actually brought that up again no. for about four or five years. No. And you obviously mentioned about, you know, the anxiety and it was your body's way of telling you that you're not living in alignment. Yeah. And so that was obviously really deeply ingrained in you mm. and you weren't consciously aware of it. It was completely unconscious. Mm. So it started to come back up again in you. Yeah, 100%. As I started to tap into my intuition, as I started to work on my self-awareness, as I started to spend longer in my meditations, these, these visions were coming to me of like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was what I wanted. So we flew to the Gold Coast and long story short, we put a deposit down and bought a house. Mm. <laughs> And it was it was a house off the plan, so we had two years, um, well, just over two years, to basically get our stuff in alignment so we could move to the Gold Coast. Anyway, so flipping back to when I realised that the job I was in was unfulfilling me and I needed to get out of there, at the time we had just started, we'd also sort of started, started a, business a new business called Flive. Mm -hmm. And that was an incredible experience, beautiful experience, and it definitely lit a passion in both of us and made us realize how passionate we are, are about fitness and health, especially because I had been through so much and I now wanted to teach people, you know, habits and routine and the benefits of fitness and everything else. But ultimately, without going into too much detail, because that's probably a whole different episode in itself about the do's and don'ts when you start a business, <laughs> it failed. And that really, again, that, I mean, I'm super proud of us both looking back at that because I think that if I hadn't had a level of awareness and a level of development at that time that really could have put a strain on our marriage mm. and it didn't. And, um, I'm, I'm really super proud well, of I us think for one that. thing that we both did when we started that business is that we seeked coaches. Mm. They weren't necessarily the right coaches, mm. but you start, we started to seek people who were doing what we wanted to be doing. Yeah. And, how were they, and you started to mention about the habits and the routines that you started to live by and how much better that made you feel. Mm. We started searching out people who, you know, for, for kind of advice and, the, and essentially the stepping stones to where we wanted to be. And I think that really led us on that personal development journey. Mm. 
And yes, you know, like Georgie mentioned, it ultimately did fail. But we don't, looking back on it now, we don't see it as a failure because we just began. Yeah, absolutely. And so anyway, we'll cut, going, going back to, you've obviously, you mentioned about the Gold Coast. We had two years. Mm-hmm. You started to feel good. And we went, we started to go all in on the business. Mm-hmm. You decided to leave your recruitment job, which was, mm-hmm. you know, as you mentioned, a very well-paid job. Mm-hmm. And... Basically, nothing happened. What what did happen at that time? Yeah, so, okay. So I left, um, I decided, screw it. I was going to leave my recruitment job and I handed my notice in, I think, on the 5th of January 2018. And uh, my my best friend and now business um, partner, Pamela Caldwell, um, she... I remember speaking to her about all these realizations I was having, having about, you know, feeling unfulfilled and wanting more freedom. And she just had a baby. And I knew that Flive, the business we had at the time, wasn't going to be making us money for quite some time because it was a startup. We were building an app and, you know, it was, it was draining a lot of money from our savings. And I thought, well, maybe I could do some recruitment on the side. You know, we, I know how to recruit. And Pam was like, why don't we just start something? And initially, Safe Solutions, honestly, was going to be just a bit of a side hustle, um, something, you know, maybe I did one deal a month, and it was just basically going to fund Flive. Anyway, long story short, um, (laughs) the company that Pam and I worked for found out that we had registered a business, and they basically let it go. Let it go on the spot. Yeah. Um, So there I was. Flive was, you know, six months into to that piece my best friend was out of work I felt responsible for that and I just thought right I've got to make CH Solutions work so I kind of stepped back from Flive a little bit went more into CH Solutions with Pam and we just basically built that <laughs> and, and and when anyone says oh you've got to burn the boats to really go well let me tell you those but those boats were burnt and sunk to the bottom of the ocean I think we started CH Solutions I think I was laughing with Pam the other day I remember going to office works and our business card declining because I think we spent $40 on stationery and and we had no money but it, do you know what it was the I look back at that experience as one of the most fondest experiences of my life. Every single day, Pam and I laughed out loud, and it was just such an incredible experience. And I, I loved building that business with her. And we're now three years in. It's a seven-figure business, and we've got three beautiful employees who are just absolutely incredible. And 2020 has just been an absolutely phenomenal year for our business, and I'm so freaking grateful that you know, because we started fly, because we just went for it, because I, because I started to like do all the work, you know, the habits, the routines, I started to tap into my intuition, but I wasn't happy, led to then this, this, um, idea of fly, which then led to CH solutions, um, which now kind of leads us on to the present day. So, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in because I think <laughs> there was, a, there was another, there was another, another moment in your life where you could have stayed. So similar to when you left me back in the UK because you always wanted to come to Australia, we now had a, or, you know, you had a business that I was working in and a a big part of as well with your best friend Mm. and business partner. And the easy thing would have been to stay in Melbourne because, and probably the right business decision might have even been to stay in Melbourne because Mm. it was really, you were able to go to meetings with your best friend and really grow the business. However, we'd obviously put this deposit down on, on the house mm. in the Gold Coast. We could have 
we didn't have to move in, but we're like, no, we, we are going to move. So again, why did you, why did you decide to essentially move from Melbourne up to the Gold Coast when really there's, there's no right or wrong decision, but you, you, you know, it was a similar, it was exactly almost, this, almost identical. Yeah. And no, this ties in beautifully to the, to the start of the podcast of what we said, how it all started, because I fundamentally believe you can't live your life for anyone else but you. And if I had stayed in Melbourne, I would have been staying for all the wrong reasons. And going back to my values of freedom, of honesty, of health, if I had stayed in Melbourne, when I know that my heart and my soul was, has, was always yearning to be on the Gold Coast and to live close to the beach, and I would have probably taken so many steps back in my development. And it was, again, a really, really tough decision. It was like one of those sliding doors moments. Do I go? Do I stay? What do I do? I felt loyalty to my best friend. I felt loyalty to my business. But again, I just trusted myself. Faith over fear. And I had faith that it was all going to work out. I thought, we're two hours on a plane. You know, like, cheap flights, jet starring back from Goldie. Like, I mean, seriously, when you actually think about it, like, again, I, could, I had all the reasons why not to do it. And there was a lot. You've just started a business. The business was 18 months in at that point. You just made two new hires. You know, it was, there were so many reasons why we shouldn't go. But I just thought, no. Again, faith of the fear, faith of the fear. You've got to do this. And I just tapped into that intuition. I remember doing a lot of meditation around that time, a lot of journaling around that time to really understand what was coming up. And, and I'll be honest, the first few months of being up here, there was a huge amount of guilt and grief, actually, that I went through. Grief of missing my best friend, guilt that I'd moved away. Um, but I knew deep, deep down that, it was the right decision. And now looking back, especially with COVID and all the stuff that's happened, we've had literally all of our whole team's been working remotely for the last year, you know? And I just think that I just went for it. I had to, because I really think if I had stayed, I would have been, that wouldn't have been putting me first. That wouldn't have been living by my values. And I would have paid the consequence like I did when I stayed far too long in that recruitment job. And I wasn't living in alignment with my values. And this is what I mean. This is what, this, this is what I want everyone to hear. We're always being sent messages, you know, and these messages will come up in either really small ways, subtle ways, or they'll come up in big ways. And if you are waking up every day and you don't feel happy, you don't feel unfulfilled, you feel like something's missing in your life, really start tapping into that. Really start going deeper into that. Really start asking, you know, why do I feel like this? What is underneath this anxiety? What makes me happy? What brings me joy? And really start to ask yourself these deeper whys, these deeper questions, because they will always lead to something underlying. And I think if more people could spend more time just with themselves, whether that's through meditation, whether that's just through walking in nature, whether that's just grabbing a journal for 10 minutes a day, things would come up. Because I do believe we are always being guided. And we can either be guided softly or we can be run off the road with a bulldozer, you know? And, and that's literally what I was when I was getting, when I had three years of anxiety. So I just think, yeah, it's, 
it's really learning to listen to yourself. So I love that question because it ties in so beautifully to what I said at the beginning. Faith always over fear. Faith that it's going to work out. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't, you come back. Mm. You know, like this is the thing. Like you can always go back. You know, I said to myself, well, okay, worst case, best case, likely case, worst case, right? Break it down like that. If you're trying to make a decision, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could have happened is we move up to the Gold Coast, the business goes bust, you know, everything goes wrong. We don't like it. We hate it. We don't meet, meet any friends. We move back to Melbourne. That's worst case scenario, right? Chance of that happening, pretty slim to none, mm-hmm. right? But this is what happens in our brain, right? Our brains will always go worst case scenarios. And that's where a lot of my anxiety went, went to. Worst case scenario, I'm going to move to Melbourne. The business is going to go bust. I'm going to lose my best friend. It's all going to go to shit and everything's just going to just fall in and just, it's all going to fail, right? I had to be so aware of that worst case scenario. Then you go best case scenario, best case scenario, the business thrives. I'm happy every single day. I meet beautiful friends. I love living on the Gold Coast. Mine and Pam's relationship deepens. Mine and yours relationship deepens. Wow, that's amazing. And then you go likely case scenario. Likely case scenario, maybe the business does take a bit of a dip for a few months. Maybe I do miss my friends in Melbourne. Maybe I don't feel settled straight away. But can I live with that? Yeah. So that's a really good way if you're making any big decision in your life and you keep going back and forth and you've got all this fear, go to the worst case scenario first. Really go, what would be the worst, worst case scenario? Write it down, look at it, go, oh, actually... Probably laugh at it. Yeah, you probably will because, I mean, Mm. you literally, like, we create these stories in our mind and half of them are absolute garbage. Then best case, get excited about that. And then somewhere in the middle is the likely case. Mm. And if you're happy with that, go for it. Well, I'd say probably best case has happened for us with the Gold 100%. Coast. 100%. Now, I, you did, I know you did yeah. go through a little bit of a period at the start, like you said, that you were grieving. You felt very, you know, felt very guilty. And mm. I remember the day, actually, you did, another crying day. Oh, yeah. Um, where you did cry because you missed Pam. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was beautiful. And of course, you know, of course, I think that's such a powerful thing. But like you said, you could, you, if we wanted to, we could always move back. You know, we could always move back. And there's always that... Yeah there's always that fallback. There's yeah. always going to be a fallback. And if you don't try, you will never, ever know. Okay. So let's, let's anyway, let's tie this podcast kind of up and around. We're now living our dream life up mm. here in the Gold Coast. We absolutely love it. Our relationship's super strong after going through those maybe few years where you were ang- you know, anxious in recruitment. I was striving for things and we, we kind of, we didn't separate, but we mm. weren't living, we weren't living our best and fullest relationship mm. like we do today. Mm. Um, Everything just seems absolutely phenomenal. And I believe they're down to a lot of the practices now mm-hmm. and the routines and the habits that we've created. Um, but just talk around what do you do daily now and how do you live your level 10 life every single day? Great question. So I do have daily practices that have, as I said at the start, changed my life. They, this, and this is how I spend most of my morning. I'm a 5 a.m.er. It's actually very easy to get up at 5 a.m. on the Gold Coast because it's light by 4.30 in the summer. So that's part of another reason why I wanted to live here. So at 5 o'clock, I wake up before my alarm. And I can generally say every single day, I feel a deep excitement for life, which is a beautiful feeling considering five years ago, I felt that deep, dark feeling. So I wake up, pull back the blinds. Why do you have that feeling? Because I'm living my, my... my purpose, my life, my truth, align with my values. Mm. 
and I have designed this life that I now live. So I wake up with joy and energy every single day. I then sit with a my morning coffee and I'll just... That I bring. <laughs> that you normally bring. And I'll just sit in silence. And that's a really, really precious 10 minutes in the morning. I noticed there I didn't say snooze the alarm or check my phone. Mm. My phone does not get looked at and I'll go into that in a minute. So I sit there with my morning coffee, sit in silence, and then I grab my daily planner and I part of my daily planner, which I've now actually designed because I really wanted to create something that I use every day. I write down three things I'm grateful for. Mm. And I'm really super passionate about gratitude because I believe, you know, when we focus on what we can appreciate, we open up the doors to more things to appreciate, you know. So I really think we if you want to have more love, more joy, more abundance, give out more love, give out more joy, give out more abundance be, be what you want to attract, mm. right? So I focus on gratitude every single morning, write it down, it's super powerful. Then I wake up, um, we'll walk our dog Ted. So I move our bodies first thing, usually that's at the beach, which is beautiful. Um, then sometimes I'll come back and I will work out with some resistance. Sometimes that's at home with our band, sometimes at the gym, just sort of depends on how we feel. And then I'll have a super healthy breakfast. Um, I'll listen to a podcast in that, in that sort of time as well. Sometimes I put it on in the shower. Sometimes I listen to it if I'm in the gym. But I'm feeding myself constantly with new knowledge, new, new information. Um, if I have to listen to a podcast, I might read for 10 to 15 minutes. And then before I start my day, I will sit and I'll just do a 10 to 15 minute intention setting meditation where I'll think about how I want this day to go, what kind of person I want to be, what kind of energy I want to bring, and that is how I start my day, every, pretty much every single day. And then you check your phone. And then once I've filled my cup up, once I'm feeling amazing, energetic, and then I will go and check my emails. Mm. And, and that's it. And I, but after having a good few hours to myself. Now, for those people who go, I don't have a few hours because I've got a family and I commute to work. Well, everyone can find 10 minutes. Mm. Start setting your alarm just 10 minutes earlier a day. And wake up and just have 10 minutes to yourself every morning. I can guarantee you just doing that, your life will change. And look, I didn't have this practice for years. Mm. I've designed my life to have this morning routine. And that's what, it, that's what I say. It all starts with self. It all starts with just sitting with yourself for 10 minutes a day. Because this life has been eight years in the making. Mm. It hasn't just happened. And I really want people to hear that. People go, oh, that sounds beautiful, Georgie, but you know, I, I'm not living that life. I wasn't living that life for many, many years. But I got clear on what life I wanted and I've designed it that way. And I truly believe that anyone can do it. Mm. It just starts with self. It starts with the belief. It starts with the awareness. And it all starts with just tapping into that intuition every single day. Beautiful. And I know, I know now you're incredibly incredibly passionate about teaching others mm. to live a level 10 life because mm. you know what it's like to be in that that low vibration feeling anxious feeling stressed relationships down mm. things working out not working out you know not wanting to get out of bed and now to where you are today and i know how passionate you are about helping others mm. which is why you know we have put our we have put our minds together mm. and we have created what we've created because obviously this is this this podcast has been about the the woman behind the mic and rightly so but i've you know i'm very grateful talking about gratitude that i've been on this journey 
with Georgie as well and have those moments when Georgie's had those moments. And now I can truly say that I myself am also living my level 10 life. And which is why we did put our minds together to create the mind body to lead program Mm. and to really create transformation. And you talk, you know, you've taught me, you've taught me so much about mindset, about gratitude, about appreciation. And you should hear our conversations at dinner um, (laughs) because we sit down for dinner, obviously every night around the dinner table. And we just talk for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, Mm. even sometimes an hour about this stuff, mm. you know, and we really, really truly do, it's really deepened our relationship with each other mm. and just our mindsets as well. But Georgie has taught me so much and I'm just super grateful for you for that. And I guess we, yeah, put our minds together to create the, the program. So mm. do you want to talk about like why you've created it and I guess what you, what you want to achieve from it as well? Yeah. An absolute ditto. Like I think that you have definitely mellowed me. You've taught me patience, which I didn't used to have. Kyle has it in abundance, but we do. We've we really do have our own skills, and what we what we kind of people go, oh, how do you work together so well? Well, we've we've we realize what my zone of genius is and what Kyle's zone of genius is, and we make sure that we both are living in our zone of geniuses every single day. So I'm definitely the creator, and Kyle's the maker. So I love to create. I come up with all these ideas, and Kyle's like, hang on a minute. How am I doing this? What's going on? So we just, we have this beautiful working relationship as well, which which has taken, you know, a year or so to really define and get right. But now, now it really is a beautiful relationship and we both know, you know, who's doing what and, and it's wonderful. So yeah, look, the My Boy to Lead, I mean, that started during COVID mm. because once, once COVID hit, as you can imagine, recruitment slightly went, you know, went a little bit more quiet and um, it was just a perfect time for us to sit down and go, okay, well what do we want? And again, I kept on having this message come through to me, um, saying, you know, you are, you're meant to be doing something, something in coaching, something in fitness, something in health. And I kept on getting these messages and then COVID hit. And I thought, right, if I'm ever going to start a new business in health and wellness, then this is it. And what am I passionate about? What fuels me? What could I speak about all day, every day. And that's a really good question to ask yourself. In fact, if you are thinking of starting a business or a side hustle, what could you sit and speak about for hours and not get bored? What do you naturally find yourself speaking about? That will say a lot about your passion and your desires. So for me, I always could freely speak about your mindset, personal development, fitness, nutrition, routines, habits, like all these things. I could just, I could sit and speak to somebody about it all day, every day, bore them probably. Um, so I thought, right, well, I, I'm definitely destined to have some form of like coaching transformation business. And the mind body's just kind of evolved. Um, it started, you know, just as a podcast, you know, there's just a mind, mindly podcast. And then we decided to start a body to podcast to focus more on the body part that we were super passionate about. And then during COVID, Kyle went live to do loads of workouts. And he was, I mean, he's an, an absolutely phenomenal instructor, like was, was on the, the Les Mills stage. I mean, he's the best of the best, right? As a coach, as a, as a, been a personal trainer for like over a decade, incredible, right? And I was watching you go live like every day, keeping people fit when they were in lockdown. I just thought, you just were like a different person. You were just lit up. And I was just like, Kyle, this is what you're destined to do. You know, we've, you're not destined to be a recruiter. You're not destined to be uh, an accountant or a bookkeeper. However good you are at those skills, that's definitely your, your zone of excellence, but it's not your zone of genius. Your zone of genius is being, a, being teaching, coaching, fitness. That's when you absolutely thrive. And I could see it. And then you were noticing me, 
you're going going speaking on LinkedIn and, and doing some more coaching and, and you said well, that's your zone of genius and we just kind of put our heads together and we just thought let's just go for it and I am I am so frigging proud of what we've created this was the very program that I needed five years ago my goodness, if I had this five years ago, I would have not have gone through my anxiety. I'd have woken up a lot quicker to what I was doing wrong and what I wanted in life. I would have not neglected my health. I would have had just every, just, I wouldn't have gone through that really dark period of my life. And, and already like, it's been absolutely incredible. And I am so grateful. Like we have had, we'd, we've got a VIP list pre-launch at the moment, giving people early access. It's just gone wild. Like people have literally just put their name on down this list as soon as I announced it on LinkedIn and my social, which is absolutely incredible. And I think if 2020 has taught us anything, it's like we do also always need to be working on ourselves, both physically and mentally. And where I see the programs out there go wrong, and I'm not, so, you know, there's incredible programs out there. So this is me dissing any other program because they all have their place. But where I've seen people go wrong is that they only focus on one element. It's either, oh, you exercise or, oh, you meditate or, oh, you, you know, you, you work on your habits and your routines. Well, this is everything all in one. We work on movement. We have yoga. We have Pilates. We have strength-based workouts. We have cardio workouts. So your body sorted. Every single month, you're going to get a new workout program. So you don't get bored and your body is constantly kept guessing, which is a really key piece if you want to get super fit. You can't just do the same exercises all day, every day and expect to get a different result. So it's constantly changing up your exercise routines. And Kyle's done an incredible program where people are getting incredible results. We also provide the resistance bands um, as part of the package as well. So that's the movement piece, which is phenomenal. The second piece is all about meals. So we provide healthy recipe ideas and meal habits, you know, just teaching people these little things that you can do. Because again, I'm not all about like, oh, this diet or that diet. There's no such thing as a perfect diet. Just eat whole foods, eat not don't, don't eat processed people know, foods people know what to do but correct. they don't do it correct so we we are literally being like we're just providing very simple habits around food and nutrition and providing some easy to follow recipe ideas just to sort of give people an idea of eat these types of meals in your week and you know your body will thrive and the third piece which is the piece i'm most passionate about is mindset so i record six meditations myself and we've got two other meditation teachers now on the program which is absolutely incredible and they are amazing and I also do mindset habits. So every single fortnight, I'm teaching people a new mindset habit. So it could be all around having a morning routine. It could be all around managing your thoughts. It could all be around gratitude. And then I also provide a diary as well. So every single day, like I said, I do. I journal, I write, I do gratitude, and I schedule and plan my day. So that's part of the program as well. So it's, it's been six months in the making. In fact, you know, it's been eight years in the making. Hmm. It's been a lifetime in the making. This is what I was brought on this planet to do. You and I were brought together, I believe, to create this program that is going to change, I believe, millions of lives. I truly, truly believe that. It's going to change millions of lives. It's on the record. So on the record, you heard me say it. And when, I, when we get our millionth person doing this course, I'm going to release it and be like, I said this. What's the date today? December the... 10th, right, there you 2020. Go. Right, when we get to our millionth person who's been through this program, that's going to be a really incredible day. So yeah, I am so freaking passionate because I feel like I've come so so far on my journey, you've come so far on your journey, and now we are where we are today, and through these practices, through movement, meals, and mindset. So I am just extremely passionate, extremely 
grateful that I get to do what I love every single day and still spending time um, in CH Solutions with Pam, with the team and doing, you know, doing what I can there. Um, but definitely I feel like I, I love recruitment. I'm super grateful for recruitment and everything it's given me, but it's, it's definitely not my, my deep, deep passion. My deep, deep passion is health, wellness and transformation, mm. getting people the results they deserve and helping them live a level 10 life. So if you're keen, if you want to know more, then we'll link the, the VIP access, pre-launch access in the notes below. Um, if you listen to this after enrollment has closed, then well, I'm sure we'll have something We'll open. do other enrollments throughout the, throughout yeah. the year and um, yeah. I'm sure we'll create more VIP lists that you'll be able to join. But yeah. look, Georgie, thank you so much. Um, I think this is probably going to be two podcasts. Um, <laughs> so you're probably hearing, you're, you're hearing me say this now because I'm looking at the time and I'm seeing it's, it's, it's over an hour and 10 minutes. God, I do love a chat, don't we I? We love a chat. Um, so this will probably be in two parts. So thank you very much for listening to the second part um, of this podcast. And look, thank you so much for your time, Georgie, because you inspire me every single day. And I just want to say on the record as well that I love you with all my heart and I wouldn't want to be doing this with anybody else. I love you too, and I feel exactly the same way. So I'll end the podcast, shall I? It's your podcast, so I think you better end it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this today, everyone. And I really hope that you've got some key takeaways from this. I've absolutely loved doing it. And, um, and yeah, just for anyone who's following my journey, please reach out to me. I love hearing from you. And, um, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Have a beautiful day wherever you are and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Kyle, amazing interviewer and um, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm excited to announce that I have just opened up enrollment for the Mind Body to Lead 12 month transformational program starting early 2021. Now I think we can all agree 2020 has not been the year anyone expected. So why not set yourself up for an incredible 2021? So if you're looking to take your life to the next level, overcome that fear, doubt and uncertainty, get in the best shape of your life, both physically and mentally, feel energized every single day, and wake up with passion and positivity, no matter what is going on around you, then be sure to jump to the Mind Boy to Lead website, where I'm currently taking enrollments for next year's program. Now, the best part is if you're part of the VIP pre-launch list, you'll also receive up to 54% off the general public price. Now, I'm only taking a limited amount of people because I really want to ensure I give that personal approach, then this means that spots sell fast. So don't wait. You deserve to take your life to the next level, to wake up every single day feeling amazing. So join the VIP list today and don't miss out on this life-changing program. Plus, get a chance to win an entire year's worth of coaching for free. So head over to the mindboydslead.com slash VIP to sign up today and let's make 2021 your best year yet. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care.